you who this is not the first rodeo. There we go. Hello, uh, and welcome to a Thursday evening edition of Dating Kiki Live Presents. It's the first, first Thursday in July. We are halfway done this year. Yeah, but, uh, and uh, that means it, uh, it's time for the latest episode of our Kink Privacy webinar, uh, Keeping Secrets. And uh, you know, we are about, I think, about eight months into this uh, adventure, and we're super excited to bring back our host, uh, Veer Cotto. Veer, well, what would you like to talk about tonight? We're going to be talking about shopping while kinky. So I will start. Uh, welcome to Keeping Secrets. I'm Veer Cotto. Keeping Secrets is a web series produced by Dating Kinky about the intersection of kink and privacy. In this series, we'll be talking about the hidden dangers, hidden allies, and practical steps you can take to protect yourself and your community. We give you the information and tools to make informed decisions that are right for you. These webinars are recorded live and then released as a podcast. So if you're interested in participating and you're comfortable sharing, you can join us for questions like the lovely people here tonight are. Uh, as I said, I'm your host, Veer Koto. I'm a geek, a kinkster, and a privacy advocate. You can check out my website at veerkoto.com or email me directly at veer at veerkoto.com. Or if you're on FetLife, I'm on FetLife too, as Veer Koto, all one word. The opinions expressed in this series are my own. Your mileage may vary. Consult your doctor if after taking my advice, you have an erection that lasts more than four hours. And tonight we'll be talking about the issues of shopping while kinky. So on the series, we always start off by asking why. Uh, this time though, I'm gonna start off by telling you a story uh, about a teenager living in Minnesota. She'd become pregnant, um, but she hadn't shared that knowledge with her family. Um, but she had decided uh, that she was going to keep the baby and um, was shopping for pregnancy um, supplies at Target. And she picked up things like supplements and skin moisturizer, um, things that would either help her, um, her growing child or to reduce her stretch marks. Uh, based on her purchases, Target determined that she was most likely pregnant. And they began to send her promotional material with things like new baby supplies, um, so coupons for a crib and baby clothes and diapers. And because of those coupons being sent to her home, uh, where she lived with her parents, her parents found out about her pregnancy. And uh, that story is back all the way from 2012. And in the nine years since, uh, the methods of learning about us have only increased with retailers having access to all kinds of information, such as where we live, what kind of car we drive, where we go to work every day, the affluence of our friends, what kind of music we listen to, what our political views are, etc. And it's not just uh, companies we need to worry about. Uh, being kinky can serve uh, as the grounds for having custody of our children taken away from us and the other terrible things. And so some of us need to keep our kink lives private, even um, from someone like a former spouse. The old saying is you are what you eat. And I'd say that aside from our search history, our spending habits may be the thing that says the most about us. So uh, based on our story about the high schooler at the high school, we can already identify one group of people who are interested in our private information. And that is companies to use that information to sell us stuff or to influence us in other ways. I'll be uh, posting a link to the chat uh, about the dangers of what is sometimes called uh, the data economy. Um, and I think I can do that now. Great. Um, there's also the issue of family. Um, some of us, as I said, can't be out to our family if we live at home, or we may not have people in our lives who understand. Um, one kinkster I've talked to about this uh, told me about an ex-spouse who, if their kink was found out, might try to use this to take custody um, over their child. Um, so this can be quite serious. 
Um, and frankly, with so many website leaks and identity attacks, there's a lot of opportunity for someone to learn things about you and use that knowledge to try to hurt you. Uh, and while there's uh, always a, a limit to how much we can protect ourselves by being aware of these issues, we can make smarter choices uh, about what we do in order to try to protect ourselves. So uh, I see, oh, I'm gonna also post the company secrets to the chat. Um, and one more, actually I'll just do a couple more. Uh, yeah. You guys can read this at your leisure. Maybe I'll, I'll start doing these during the uh, break. So I see uh, kink purchases as ex existing on a spectrum from innocent uh, looking or sounding things um, that we can buy at a store, things like pervertibles, um, to the more specialty items that you'll only uh, find at fetish stores and a whole bunch of stuff uh, in between. Uh, for folks who might be new or not know about the term pervertibles, uh, these are things that either have a dual function or can be modified into kink toys. So that would include things like clothespins or chopsticks or ruler or rubber bands or rubber doormat uh, and so on. So those are, those are not uh, specifically kink toys, but they can be easily modified or used as such. Uh, if you buy pervertibles as, at a store, uh, most people aren't going to think much about them. Um, after all, these, these things are fairly innocuous. Uh, next up on our list are things that have a non-kink use, but are primarily kink items. Um, an example of this would be, for example, a riding crop. Riding crops are uh, equestrian equipment, but uh, many riding crop crops are sold more for kink than for horses. Um, similarly, more Hitachi wands are, are sold uh, as vibrators than back massagers. And... Uh, Let's be honest, when people are using, quote, high-frequency electrotherapy devices, they're most likely using it not as beauty aids, but as violent ones. Um, and then lastly, uh, we get to things that are, like, let's say, specialty items, and those are either kinky or sexual toys, uh, pure and simple. If you've got a three-foot dildo with a uh, with piston-activated motion and the words Axe Blaster 4000 <laughs> emblazoned on the side, it's gonna be hard to convince the neighbor that it's a gardening tool. Um, I'm a big fan of pervertibles, but in this talk, I'm gonna be focusing on kink applicables and specialty items. So that's the, the last uh, two things that I've mentioned here. Uh, so now the question is how? How do people find out about your purchasing habits and what it says about you? Well, there's, there's lots of ways. Uh, and the first is the most obvious, which is that they can just look at your purchase history. If you bought a sex or kink toy and used your credit card, uh, especially if you made that purchase from an online retailer, a large online retailer, um, then the retailer can know what you bought. Um, one area that's a bit of a myth is that the credit card company can know specifically what items you bought with your credit card. And that's almost never the case. Uh, the credit card company won't know exactly what products you've purchased. They'll have the transaction ID from the merchant, uh, the date and time of purchase, and whether or not it was purchased uh, online or in person. Uh, of course, sometimes knowing where you bought something might be enough. If your purchase was from a sex shop, uh, the credit card company won't necessarily show the exact item you purchased, but it'll show that you did make a purchase there and for how much. So. Uh, so that's something to be aware of. It's not exactly what you bought, but sometimes just knowing where you bought it is enough. Um, and yes, uh, credit card companies do absolutely sell that information and uh, so do other payment processors such as PayPal, uh, Google Pay and Venmo. Another way that uh, uh, they can learn about your, um, your purchase history are uh, adjacent, let's say your adjacent purchases. Um, so so the, the first kind of information is, is very direct, right? It says where you bought something or what you bought. Um, but uh, that's nothing compared to the kind of information a large online retailer uh, has about you. Uh, and of course, I mean Amazon, but not only Amazon. 
Um, I also mean companies like eBay, for example, and Etsy. And the reason that these companies are so scary is exactly how much information they have about you and how easy it is for them to make conclusions. So uh, a little earlier, I mentioned buying a writing crop from Amazon. Um, well, I didn't specifically say from Amazon, I said writing crops. Well, about a decade ago, I uh, purchased a writing crop from Amazon. I thought I was being really clever uh, and I looked at equestrian supplies. And so I typed in equestrian supplies and I looked at all kinds of saddles and things. But of course I knew what I really wanted was a lovely riding crop. And then I purchased a riding crop. And the next day I went onto Amazon and Amazon was suggesting bondage tape and other kind of similar products to me. And this is of course the problem when you have a great big site that has all this information about you. Um, I mentioned Etsy, and while Etsy has a great privacy policy for now, we don't know what their privacy policy will be next year or 10 years from now. Um, but even those kind of associations, so associating uh, one type of purchase, let's say for riding crops um, with bondage supplies, um, is uh, nothing compared to the uh, kind of associations that um, advertising and um, uh, let's say spying companies, so you know, uh, surveillance capitalism companies like Google and Facebook are working on, um, and that would um, that would uh, include things like that they might know that you belong to an LGBTQ organization. Uh, if you do, you are more than likely to identify as a queer person. If you have a subscription to a gay magazine, or let's say a paid subscription to a gay website or a gay app, you more than likely identify as gay. Um, and so they can use that kind of information. But it can go even further than that. Uh, if you bring your phone to an event, let's say a kink event, uh, Google and Apple know where you are. And they may even know who's around you and may be able to make associations from that as well. Um, I know this may seem a little strange or paranoid, but Facebook even has a patent on this technique, which is learning about you based on the people around you and the kind of interest that they have. So these are just the obvious ways that information about you can get out. Um, let's talk about some of the, let's say, the less obvious ways. Uh, one of the biggest ways that our purchase history is invaded is actually um, by our email, uh, by our email provider. Every time a retailer sells you something, uh, an online retailer, they almost always send you a receipt. They email you a receipt and that email will have who sold you the thing, so them, what they sold you, how much it costs, uh, and even shipping information about you know where it's going. And that's a whole lot of personal information about you. Um, and you, you better believe that email providers like Google have been collecting and selling this exact personal information. So similarly, if you have two accounts with a large retailer, as long as you're shipping to the same address, they know that it's likely either the same person has both accounts or it's someone else in the same family. And of course, we can't forget what happens when a website has a leak or a break-in, and we've seen plenty of those. Uh, usually they won't get your credit card number, but a lot of information about you and your online activity can be exposed. Um, dating websites and even the popular uh, website Instacart recently had a data leak and leaked all kinds of information about what people were buying. So <laughs> I, I think I've sufficiently scared you. So let's talk about some simple steps that you can take to protect your privacy online, as well as debunk some of the myths out there about protecting yourself. And let's go through the simplest solutions first. When there is a data breach, if a bad guy gets your account and your password, one of the first things that they're going to do is to try to use that same username and password, um, or at least the same password on other accounts. So the best thing to do is to compartmentalize. Uh, compartmentalization is a term we've talked about on this series before. 
And what we mean is really simple. It's separate your kink life or your kink activity from your non-kink activity. So have separate accounts for kink and non-kink things. Compartmentalize. Uh, also means having good practices around logging in. Uh, it also, um, right, so logging in. So, sorry, it also means having good practices around logging in. And by that, I mean have good, strong passwords, use a password manager, uh, and when possible, uh, use two-factor authentication. Uh, we did a whole uh, episode about this, so um, I will try to link to that uh, in, in, the, in the chat when I get a chance. Um, and doing all these things is a good uh, first step in the right direction. Um, and specifically, uh, your email. So I love email. I'm a grizzly old man, and I've been using email since uh, 1993 on a service called CompuServe. Um, but some email providers, especially the free email providers, aren't exactly trustworthy. I think if someone sold a service where they would collect your physical mail for free, but then read the contents of it and notes about your letters and sell that to other people, I think most of us would find that creepy and stay away. But that's exactly what many free email providers are doing. And I'm going to call out Google for this explicitly. So what I'm suggesting uh, folks do is, if you can afford it, consider moving to another email provider, uh, preferably one that respects your privacy. Uh, we should do an entire webinar just on email, but three providers that I'll mention briefly here are ProtonMail, FastMail, and Teutonia. Uh, if you're using one of these um, or another email provider that you really like, um, go ahead and give it a shout out in the chat. Um, but ProtonMail, FastMail, and Teutonia are my personal recommendations. There are also plenty of smaller email providers out there, and I think you should consider using them as well. And if you are highly technical, and I know that there is at least one person uh, out there who is technical, um, consider self-hosting your email. And uh, if you want, there are also some services that offer temporary or, quote, disposable email addresses that you might want to consider using. Um, since I really don't know about these, I can't really make a recommendation about them. But I do know that they exist. And if you're using them uh, and you like it, be sure to mention this also in the chat so others can, can benefit from your experience. So aside from the email, uh, the issue of email, I think the question of where you buy things is probably the most important one. And as we've seen, companies like Target, Amazon, and other big retailers keep detailed records, not only of your transactions, but they also build up detailed uh, customer profiles about you in order to try to sell you more things. Uh, the best way to get around this is to shop small, or at least shop smaller. Uh, maybe you don't buy your specialty kink at Amazon, but instead find an online retailer that specializes in kink. Or better yet, find a local shop. And that can be more difficult depending on where you are. If you're lucky enough to be in a city that offers great uh, sex and kink shops, uh, that's, that's wonderful. If you're not so lucky, it can be more, more challenging. Um, but even better than buying from a shop is buying directly from the company that makes the product. And there are some really amazing companies making specialty kink products uh, from rope to floggers, fetish wear, jewelry, equipment, and more. Uh, my suggestion is to buy directly from them, either on their website or on a platform like Etsy or best yet by going to an event. And uh, now that... COVID restrictions are starting to uh, get relaxed and people are going to in-person events again, um, this might be your chance. BDSM conventions and con uh, conventions are great places to find lots of products. They often have a vendor room uh, or vendor rooms and you can go and talk to the person or people who actually made the thing and ask them questions, form uh, personal relationships, maybe even get a customized thing just for yourself and just learn about the artisans who make this amazing, beautiful stuff. Um, and best of all, when you buy directly from the artisan, the person who made this beautiful flogger or made this beautiful rope or wax or whatever, 
when you buy from them directly, they're pocketing more of the money. It's not going through a bunch of uh, steps with everybody taking a little piece out of it. You're giving it directly to them. And speaking of money, that will lead us directly into payments. How do we pay for stuff? Uh, you know, how do we pay stuff that we buy if we care about our privacy? I'll be going through several payment types, and I'll start with what I'll consider the most traditional group uh, of payment types out there. And let's just start with credit cards, because credit cards are what most people are using when they're online or when they just need to spend a lot of money at once. And at this point, credit cards are ubiquitous. So as I said earlier, it's a myth that credit card companies know exactly what you buy, but they absolutely do sell your purchase history. Uh, what they, they sell what stores you go to, how much you spent, um, and when you bought it. And all of those are valuable pieces of information. And part of your credit card cost is born out from that. So they're making they're making their profit off of that. That means that if you're buying directly from a vendor, that is going to show up. Even if you don't care about advertisers, um, this could be used in other ways. So I mentioned uh, could be used, for example, in a divorce proceeding. So somebody could get your your credit uh, purchases, your credit card history, and they could they could see what you uh, that you bought from a certain store or a certain vendor. Um, and so uh, that's something you should be aware of. Interestingly, though, debit cards rarely have these same products, and banks are far less likely to share your purchase history. So if uh, all you're concerned about is advertising, debit cards are actually safer. Unfortunately, debit cards don't offer the same kind of protection from fraud that credit cards do, or uh, they often... Um, have lower limits for, for purchasing than credit cards do. So uh, you uh, may need to pick your battles here. Uh, just know that debit cards are usually safer than credit cards. Next down on the rung here are uh, electronic bank transfers. Uh, and if I think, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> I just kind of, zoned out a little. Yeah, if you think uh, I've skipped checks, so you know, old fashioned checks, don't worry. Um, but uh, low value instant electronic transfers are very common now. And we'll talk about checks in, in a bit. So in the United States, uh, the biggest, uh, the biggest electronic transfer company is Zelle. Uh, in Canada, it's Interac. And in Europe, um, this has existed forever as Swift. Um, and there are some differences between these uh, three systems, but they all pretty much do the same thing. They let you send money electronically from one bank account to another. Um, these are not the same as app-based systems like PayPal and Venmo, and I'm gonna cover PayPal and Venmo in the next slide. Uh, the advantage of an electronic bank transfer is that typically bank transfers tra are not sold to advertisers. Uh, one thing to be aware of, though, is that Zelle and Interact both use email. So by sending someone money, you're exposing your email address and most likely your real name as well. So even if you send, uh, so, and so even if you send an email to someone's kink address, in order to receive those funds, they, the recipient, will need to link their kink email to their bank, which may not be something they want. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I said I was going to talk about checks. Um, checks have basically most of the same issues as electronic bank transfers. They're a little bit hard to track, but frankly, uh, checks are kind of um, going out of, out, of, um, out of style. I'll talk about them again a little bit more in the next slide. Um, but I really want to talk about cash. And the old saying is that cash is king. Uh, and when it comes to privacy, that is absolutely the case. If you can pay for a purchase with cash, I recommend you absolutely just pay with cash. Um, obviously, this doesn't apply to online transactions, uh, but if you're going um, in person to a store or to a vendor in an event, uh, pay with cash. Of course, if you pay with cash, be sure to get a receipt. <laughs> Um, if you're buying something expensive and you need to return it or get a warranty or anything like that, you can get a receipt. Um, but 
cache is by far the safest uh, in terms of uh, protecting your privacy. So let's talk about some of these less common payments. Um, the next one would be checks. Um, I'd go so, so far as to say that if you aren't in the United States, you probably don't use checks at all anymore. Um, I haven't, I think I've written maybe two checks in the last five years or something. Um, you know, not really in style in most places, but but they they still exist. Uh, next to checks are money orders, and uh, similarly, I don't think I've used a money order for literally decades. Um, although money orders can be a great way to pay for something without linking them to your bank account. Um, for people who haven't used money orders, they work essentially the same as bank checks, um, which is to say that the money is in the money order, so it doesn't get debited from your account. The the money order represents the money itself. Uh, the downside of money orders is they can't be used for large transactions. I think the limit in the US is something along $300. So if you're gonna buy something expensive, you can't use a money order. Um, what's far more common now are app-based payments. And this includes uh, PayPal and Venmo, which are very popular, especially in the United States. Um, my suggestion with these companies is pure and simple to stay away from them. Venmo in particular has a terrible record as it relates to privacy. And I'll link to an article about Venmo in the chat. Um, but the bottom line is stay away. And that leaves us with the last category, uh, mobile payment. And by that, I basically mean Apple and Google Pay. And in this category, I'll say that while I personally dislike both companies uh, and I would advise against this method of payment, Apple's privacy policy in as it relates to Apple Pay is hands down better than Google Pay. And so if you're gonna use one of them, Apple is the clear winner between these two terrible choices. So you got two terrible choices between Apple and Google here, um, Apple the, uh, the clear winner. So next let's talk about some of the less traditional um, payment methods. Uh, the first of these would be a masked payment processor. Um, an example of that would be a privacy.com or Albine Blue, oh, sorry, Albine Blur or MySudo. And the way these services work is that instead of giving your, your credit card away, these services will generate a virtual credit card number for you to use and then pass the transaction off to your funding source, which in itself could just be another credit card or sometimes a bank. Doing this, the merchant doesn't see your real credit card number and your credit card company doesn't see who you actually bought the things from. On its face, this seems like a very simple and very easy solution to the problem. The wrinkle that I see is now you've put your trust into yet another company, one which might change its privacy policy or be bought out in the future, and then you're back to where you started. Aside from these concerns, I think it may be a worthwhile decision to use one of these. The other option that comes up often are prepaid or gift cards, such as Visa gift cards. On the face of them, these can seem like a good idea, but they need to be registered in order to be used online. And some people have found that they just aren't accepted in stores. Uh, and the company issuing the gift card can also sell your information just like any other credit card can. Because of that, I'll say that these can be an option, but your mileage may vary. Uh, lastly, let's tackle cryptocurrency. Uh, cryptocurrency is a pretty big topic on its own. So let's narrow our discussion down to uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Ripple, which are the three most popular cryptocurrencies right now. Uh, early on, we were hearing about how Bitcoin transactions were anonymous. Uh, this is quite a while now, but we, I was hearing that in the news, oh, anonymous Bitcoin transactions. And that's just false on its face. Um, and so people started changing their tune. They said, well, Bitcoin is pseudo anonymous. And that too was found to be largely, although not entirely false. Uh, and so today we can say that for the most part, Bitcoin isn't anonymous at all, and you shouldn't consider it anonymous. Um, more challenging though, is how you actually can use Bitcoin in to purchase things. Uh, while it is possible for very technical people to use Bitcoin for covert transactions online, uh, due to increased 
government regulation of Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies in order to spend or cash out your Bitcoin in many countries, including the United States, you must register yourself with an institution that will keep a lot of private information about you, including digital copies of your ID. And Coinbase, the largest cryptocurrency exchange in the United States, admitted that it sold customer data. So because of that, I have a really hard time endorsing cryptocurrency at this time. And there are some new cryptocurrencies that are being developed that I think may solve this problem, but they're in early stages, too early for me to start um, recommending anything. So now that we've covered where to buy and how to buy, let's talk about how you get the stuff that you bought. Of course, if you bought something in person, this isn't a big problem unless you've also signed up for in-store rewards. The good news is that shipping companies like UPS, FedEx, and DHL are fairly good as the privacy policies go. Um, and they're usually just as good as the national post, uh, the postal services in terms of privacy. Unfortunately, the same can't always be said of online retailers, meaning that even if you put in the effort of having two Amazon accounts with two entirely separate browsers and use a masked credit card, they could associate you based on your shipping address. So if you're worried about this, you could consider something like a PO box or a rented mailbox. I'll be honest, uh, this is fairly low in my priority uh, list personally, but there can be good reasons to do this. And it's certainly an option. So some final thoughts. When I began the series, uh, meaning keeping secrets, I, I said that I'd talk about what I called casual surveillance and not active surveillance. Active surveillance would be if someone like a private investigator or someone from a law enforcement agency was specifically targeting you. And I can't protect you from that. <laughs> this series won't protect you from that. But there's a whole lot of casual, passive surveillance that is is just happening all the time. And I think we can do some things to stop that, or at least to um, to slow it down a bit. It's hard to stop surveillance, and that goes double or even triple when money is involved. The best we can do is be smart and select and to try to decouple our purchasing habits from the involvement of these big companies um, whose stated business plan is to spy on us with surveillance capitalism. But we don't need to get it to 100%. Doing just a few things that change your purchasing patterns will protect you. So do your best and just up, the, um, up your privacy just one bump. So we're at the end here. Let's do a quick summary of what we've learned. If you're gonna buy from a retailer, avoid the big companies and go with a specialized retailer, preferably one that you visit in person. Better yet, go, go buy your toys at a BDSM event, either from a retailer or from the artisan directly. If you're going to buy online, again, be sure to compartmentalize your accounts. And as always, use good account hygiene, such as strong passwords or two-factor authentication. Check out the privacy policy, policies from the companies you buy from. For example, Etsy's is very good, but eBay's is very bad. Considering how you're gonna pay for things, credit cards are usually bad for privacy, bank transfers are pretty good, and if you need to use a credit card, consider using a masked credit card. And of course, cash is king. Lastly, consider that when you ship to your home, you're letting the retailer know uh, where you where you live, and uh, that if that information is important to you, consider buying products in person. Um, have, have I mentioned buying products in person enough? Um, or if you need to get a PO box or a mailbox to deliver to. And with that, uh, a word from our sponsor, uh, Dating Kinky. And after that, we will be taking questions. And I, before we get to questions, I just want to plug the next episode, which will be. Uh, Summer detox, summer, summer digital detox, where I'll be talking about how to uh, make your online footprints disappear like, like footprints in the sand or, um, and also to, frankly, to keep your mental health um, when you're dealing with so much online barrages. But before that, we have Ryan talking about what an awesome deal uh, Dating Kinky Plus is. So take it away, Ryan. Um, so, uh, 
everyone, uh, please do give uh, Veer a quick uh, round of applause for a wonderful uh, chat. He, he's, he's been uniformly good, but yeah, we, we always get so much information out of these, and this was uh, obviously no exception. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to do a quick uh, couple minutes. We call it the word from our sponsor, uh, and then I have about four or five questions uh, ready to go, so then we'll jump right into them. So uh, uh, everyone who is uh, joining us now, oh, and that's a great call too. We have, um, there's the, we have the emoticons, you know, now like in the, um, you know, uh, icon available. So you can also, you can put it in the chat or you can throw up, uh, you know, hearts or thumbs up, uh, you know, there as well. So, um, you know, all of you in chat are here uh, joining us, you know, for these uh, free webinars, or the, as we say, they're free for everyone who can join us live. And um, we do like about 12 to 14 of these every month. Um, and, you know, we're super thrilled to be a you know, place where people can come and, you know, uh, for, you know uh, continue to enhance their kink and sex education. So, um, you know, and then, yeah, this is our online king privacy one, we have femdom one, we have submission one, we have a communication one, we have one for switches, we have one for people of color and our allies. So, so we, yeah, we have uh, all kinds of bases covered. I'll put the link up to our calendar um, up in a moment. But uh, what we do is we also, as I mentioned at the top, uh, we record these and put them in our on-demand library. And then that is one of the benefits that we offer to our, um, our Plus members. So we have a, we are, we at Dating Kinky, well, I like to say we're a we're a dating site, we're a sex and kink education site, and we're an online uh, virtual uh, community. So um, we have a you know the first part we have a uh, a dating site where I think we have about and we have like the high thousands of uh, members over the last uh, few years, and we're still very much uh, you know continue to. Uh, do we need to, to grow that and, you know, uh, get ourselves, um, you know, just all over this, uh, all over this planet with people, you know, where people can find people, you know, hopefully within a reasonable amount of miles, uh, from where they are. And, uh, you know, there's also a, you can sign up for a, you can absolutely sign up for a free account there and do all of the, what I like to call it, the filtering, messaging and connecting that you uh, care to. Uh, but we also have a plus membership option that will give you additional uh, benefits on the dating side, particularly uh, be rolling those out later in the year. For example, we have an app that will be coming out hopefully within the month, and uh, that will have some additional bells and whistles on it. Obviously, you know, to be in, in the online dating game, you want to have an app. So we're, this has been our, our basically priority number one to have that out this year. So we're getting very close to that happening. Um, and on the, I call it the sex education side, and we have all these webinar episodes that we record. We have over 250 in our library, in our on-demand library. Um, you can, people, plus members can watch them as uh, a video or they can download them as an MP3, you know, if they want to uh, just, uh, you know, have them on the go. And then uh, in addition to that, we have uh, books that our founder, uh, Nookie Notes, if, if any of you are familiar with her, you know, she's been a uh, kinkster for 30 years and an educator for about half that. She's written nine books on various topics like communication and uh, anal play and orgasms and uh, female relationships, uh, you know, uh, among others. Uh, and then uh, we have some uh, other kind of like online, like ongoing classes. Uh, yeah, that's, uh, that we have going on. Uh, we have one on submission we have one on anal play and more to come i think we might have one coming up on uh non-monogamy anyway so um yes yes we have we have but yeah for those butt stuff and susie it says plus she uh brings up we have you we have your backside cover you know let me just uh so i can do a little wordplay and then uh and then we have a uh, also an online uh community where we have a platform called air meet where people can gather and um do audio video chats and they can also kind of do it in smaller groups and say like kind of like a zoom happy hour where it's like, you know, it could be five people, could be 35 people in one room. Like this is like, you know, a little bit more structured. You, you can talk, uh, you know, like one-on-one. -on -one. Ooh, I, 
I think we lost. Uh, I think we lost Ryan. Um, am I? Am I here? Am I still here? Uh, can folks hear me? Uh, okay, great. Uh, well, since Ryan is gone, uh, I will do my best to go uh, back. Oh, it looks like Ryan is typing. Uh, and maybe, oh, well, okay. So I'm, I don't want to waste all your time. I'm going to try to go here up and to find questions amongst the chat. It is super hard for me to do that while I'm typing, but I will do my best. Okay. Da, 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 da. Okay. Uh, is there a list of other pervertibles? Um, so uh, there are wonderful classes online about pervertibles. Uh, I don't think that there is such a thing as a comprehensive list of pervertibles uh, because anything can be a pervertible, uh, especially if you're like me and you're a, a hypno geek. Uh, we can turn anything into a pervertible. Uh, so there is no comprehensive list uh, of, of pervertibles. The question, next question is, is uh, the Hitachi wand a, a massager? Uh, yeah, it uh, officially is indeed a massager and it is meant for relaxing your muscles. Uh, it is not it is not sold on Amazon as a giant vibrator. Uh, let's see. Next question. Uh, I've had at least two or three friends that had spouses who not only knew about their others kinky quality involvement, but were also involved and still got the course to take away uh, parental custody and rights. Uh, so that's a really um, good point. Um, it is very scary to be kinky out there. Um, basically, um, many jurisdictions have people who, you know, have judges and others who just don't understand us. And this kind of thing really can be weaponized. It's, it's really awful and scary. Uh, I wish I knew what else to say about that, but that's just, that's just that. Um, I'm sorry I'm going through these kind of briefly because I see a long, I have to go through the entire chat history. Um, let's see, local group has a dollar store, pervertible munch. Yeah, so um, on the issue, so basically the, the, the comment, I guess, was, hey, uh, local kink groups will sometimes do, um, I guess, road trips. Um, and I've seen them both uh, to kink stores and also uh, other places. So um, I'm, I'm being joined here by my cat, so uh, you'll have to excuse me. Uh, uh, essentially, uh, go to places is like uh, what we call Dom Depot or uh, Dollar Tree or any of those places, and uh, you can find all kinds of wonderful things. Uh, money should never be an issue uh, in in making sure you can't play. Welcome back, Ryan. Hey, sorry, my browser just crashed for some uh, unknown reason. Just let me. Uh, I'm, I'll just put. It, I was wrapping up my spiel anyway. I'll just put okay. a quick button on it. Um, you know, here's the. Here's the information for anyone who might be interested. I mean, uh, in uh, you know joining our site or and or getting a plus membership. I know we have a couple of plus uh, members in chat, so feel free to throw uh, you know your you know raise your hands if uh, if you're uh, participating and enjoying it. It's um, $9.99 for a month, but if you buy in bulk, you can get major savings. For instance, I think if you do a year, it's forty percent off. Um, so, and we don't you know. We hope uh, if you're enjoying, uh, you know, coming out to our events and you know, uh, interacting, you know, in, you know, with the other things with us, uh, we hope you'll consider, uh, you know, supporting us. But we realize, I mean, not everyone will be, everyone will be so inclined or able to at any particular time. So what we do encourage is, you know, if you're having a good time at our events, you know, keep coming back, invite a friend. You know, word of mouth is going to be very important for us to uh, continue to build to, you know, the community that we want to and provide this uh, awesome space, you know, to people to keep adding all the bells and whistles uh, onto that. And, you know, it's, it's every, every, every little bit helps, whether it's, uh, you know, somebody bringing a friend that turns out to be somebody else's like awesome connection, you know? So, uh, you know, that's, that's what we're trying to uh, forge here. So um, <laughs> thank you, AP. Um, okay. So I, uh, 
VR, now, did you, were you able to, I, I have all the questions listed. Did you, did you get to, and the I first answered. one I had was like the yeah. reward cards. Uh, no, I haven't gotten to that. So okay. yes, why don't you start at your top? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then you can just tell me if it was one you already addressed. So absolutely. All right. APS, um, what about all those re reward type cards, et cetera? Yeah, like yeah, food, lion, giant, Wawa, you know, et cetera. What about tracking and collecting data? Well, that's exactly what they're for, right? So reward cards are a way for stores to put a identifier on you so that they can, so that even if you, for example, let's say you go to the store and you pay with cash, they know who it was. If you pay with a credit card, they know who it was. It's, it's a way for them to track you. So if that's something that you care about, um, you're going to need to weigh the benefits of the reward card. So meaning your, your savings with your privacy, but yeah, that's, that's what they're for. Okay. Uh, next one. Uh, JNL asks, uh, are prepaid credit cards uh, better than traditional credit cards for privacy purposes? I think this is a complicated question um, because if you can buy one completely anonymously and you never have to register, then yes. The problem is that most of these new cards do require you to register them to use them online, which means you have to put in your address and your name and all that jazz. And um, furthermore, as I said, that many um, brick and mortar retailers simply won't accept them. So you're kind of screwed. And I don't think that, I think that overall, it might just end up, it's a wash. Um, although I think they're slightly, slightly better um, because they don't, you know, because your purchases don't go on onto your credit history. Um, you do, you know, you, it's, it's nearly the same. So better, but not much, much better. Incrementally better. Uh, okay, next one. All right, uh, I think with the, uh, going off of like the Apple and Google Pay uh, conversations, uh, DeRay and asked, so what about Samsung Pay? Samsung Pay is really awful. Um, <laughs> Samsung, it's, it's, it's like equal to Google. It's like, if you go to, if you read their privacy policy, you can say that you can see that they, they say like, oh yeah, we're going to share your purchase history with, with our partners, we're going to sell it. Uh, you know, they, they put language around it. They're like, well, to enhance your experience, we will sell your information to interested parties. Um, but they're, no, theirs is really bad. Samsung, um, Samsung in particular is, is a really, I, I, it's like they went from selling good stuff to just start selling a lot of personal information. And, and I, I know this is a bit of a rant, so you'll just excuse me, but um, Samsung televisions have been in, have been an issue because uh, they have um, been spying on their users, including these new TVs that have mics. So they have, um, they have voice control, so they have mics in them, and there have been reports and lawsuits about Samsung TVs sending viewer information back to the company, and you can try to opt out um, on the TV, but according to some people, uh, the TVs ignore your opt-out status. So what Samsung is now saying is, well, we'll still send the information to Samsung, you can't opt out of that, but we promise that if you've opted out, we're not going to use the information that you've sent us, um, which is super, super creepy. Um, and I have personally gone from owning Samsung televisions to actively trying to avoid them and any other Samsung equipment if possible, um, just because of some of their creepy surveillance stuff. So no, I don't. I don't think uh, Samsung Pay is very good. But again, that's this is my opinion and not the opinion of the uh, of dating kinky. This is my personal opinion. <laughs> this is the the opinions of uh, Veer Koto did not necessarily reflect the opinions of dating. Yeah, Veer. I mean, we 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 have the we're in talks with the Samsung people. For, for okay. Just, well, I'm, then I I'm, then I think they're wonderful. I'm just, I'm just, and, I'm just kidding. And, and I and I can't <laughs> recommend them enough. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I love sponsorship jokes. Uh, all right. 
AP, once again, can you list the untraditional payments, mass payment processors again? Uh, the sound went out and I, I couldn't hear that stretch. Sure. Let me uh, let me see if I can actually go back to mm -hmm. that part of the presentation. Uh, I talked about the mass payment processors, gifts cards, and cryptocurrency. Was that is that the slide that y'all are? I mean, I think that's I think that's what she was referring to. It's just uh, well, AP, let us know if you want if there was anything. Maybe it was something you were saying during that slide, but just let us know because um, she yeah. did say so here. She maybe, said here. So. Okay, because maybe because I talked about privacy.com, Albine, Albine Blue, Blur, and MySudo. Those are all mass payment processors. Okay. So like they let you put basically give them your credit card and then they and then they um they become your credit card so they take off a a fee for that um and then i talked about cryptocurrencies and the three cryptocurrencies that i mentioned were bitcoin ethereum and ripple um so those could be it too but i i suspect it's privacy.com albine blur and my pseudo was what she was asking about yeah i i think it was that first uh triumvirate so uh yeah ap let us know if you want any more uh that, that, that addresses what you were uh, asking to be repeated, but um, thanks. You know, it's wor worth going over again. So appreciate that. All right. Uh, next question: What about using Amazon lockers? Other things is also really What about using Amazon lockers to receive packages from retailers and unknown to uh, between you and other kinky people? Um, it's an interesting question. I didn't. I don't. I was unaware that you that anyone but Amazon could use Amazon lockers. Um, but it might be a good idea if you can. I don't, I, I'm going to say I don't know anything about that. So um, I would just be completely talking off the hip. Um, so I, I don't know. Why don't you um, maybe email me and I will look into it for you. I can, I can put a note in our little Perfect. project too of like Amazon, Amazon lockers. It's in the, you know, it's in, it's in, it's in the, the reconnaissance pile. Okay. Um, Thank you. Yeah. No problem. Uh, okay, and the last question I see, although I'll have to scroll up again because you know I got uh, I got booted for a few minutes. Uh, Snicker fifteen want to know what if you buy an Amazon gift card with cash, set up an account with a fake address, and then ship to an Amazon box? Like, yeah, you could probably do that. Sounds like a lot of work, <laughs> um, but yes, you could probably do it. Um, yeah, go for it. I guess <laughs> use a different browser, different email, different address. I, this is where this is where I think like we need we need the we need the uh, kind of the the segment where somebody gives you like a granular hypothetical and then you rate it on like kind of the beer privacy scale like that per, that it sounds like this person's getting like in the, the ninety percentile yeah know, like well like, more than me right like, right, like right. I'm gonna even say that some of the things in this series that I talk about are not things that I do right like they're just mm -hmm. yes you could you know look I probably have more privacy than you know more privacy awareness than most people. But I also, you know, have limits on what I will and, and won't do for that privacy. Um, but that's and I've and I've said that before in the series that my privacy profile is going to be different than someone else's, and I provide the information and let people make what you know the best decisions they can make for themselves. I'm not an absolutist, um, and so yeah, I, you know, that sounds great, right? I, I know that that's a lot. That sounds great, like for your privacy, doing, making, using a separate browser, making a new account, only using that account for this one transaction and setting up a, a payment system and a, and a locker. And it's like, wow, that's so much work. But like, if you got to do it for, for who you are, then yeah, that's, that sounds wonderful. Well, and but this is also where like, you know, you can marry the principles of, you know, like RAC, for example, which of course stands for risk aware consensual kink, like to how you conduct your just online interactions, like, you know, uh, and, you know, it's, it's just kind of directly applicable to how people apply it to say, you know, a, a kink scene they're involved in or, or a relationship or a dynamic, you know, so it's like, you can also apply those principles of like, you know, evaluating what is my risk assessment and then, uh, you know, uh, coming up with that kind of baseline and then, you know, applying that to your, you know, actions and setup and, and all that. So, yeah. And it might be easier, frankly, if you're going through all that to just find a friend who you trust 
and who might not be as worried or might not be in a situation where they need to be as concerned about their privacy and just say, hey, would you mind buying this for me? Right? You know, and if it's something mm-hmm. kinky, you know, maybe someone in the scene and you just say to them, hey, would you mind, you know, buying this and then, you know, I'll reimburse you for it. And, you know, maybe I'll give you an extra, you know, so much money to, to for for this service or whatever. Um, I think there's lots of ways to, to make this um you can even make it fun, right? So if, if you're, um, you know, if, if you're a toppy type person and you wanna, and you know, you want this thing, you know, make it a service. Hey, you're gonna, you know, uh, buy me this product and I will give you the money for it, but you're buying this as a service to me. Um, that's totally legit as a, as an approach. So yeah, um, yeah, uh, there but, there are ways to do this. But you know, bartering all, you know, not 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 like in the tagline, uh, the famous tagline, cash is king, but also. You know, also pretty kingly, you know, is when you, yeah, when you can uh, have a kind of a barter deal like that, you know, as far as uh, you're keeping your online fingerprints to a minimum. Um, so, but uh, thank you for that question, Snicker. Do we have, I, I think, well, I was able to scroll up and get to the point where I had um, been unceremoniously booted. Do we have any other questions? Because um, I don't, I think I grabbed all the ones from, you know, leading up to my, a uh, little word from our sponsor spiel. So uh, I'll we'll kind of save some space uh, the next like minute or so to confirm if anybody has any other questions. Um, Veer did uh, touch on what he'll be covering uh, next month. Uh, the, the date's going to be August 5th. I'll put up the uh, the link once again uh, to that because we already have the event up on FetLife for the Fet people. And then that um, the bottom link is where you can uh, sign up for email reminders. Um, and actually, let me put up our general events page. I think I still need to post it uh, there, but it'll be August 5th at, um, at 8 p.m. Awesome. Uh, yep, first Thursday of August. So, yeah, we're, you know, this year is flying by. So, um, so yeah, there's Time's our. It's fun when you're having flies. <laughs> <laughs> there's our general uh, events page. So, uh, let me just uh, keep going. So, you know, it's going to you know, be some more time. Uh, next week, I think we're going to be Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, and I have all that information right here. We have our we have our rope webinar, uh, naughty time. At, now, this is for U.S. people. This is a 3 p.m. Eastern, uh, 8 p.m. UK because it's actually a UK hosted show. So. Um, yeah, that is coming up. But yeah, and they're, they're talking about when rope fails. So it's going to be like a troubleshooting episode. So uh, with uh, Growly and usually uh, Growly's girl as the uh, the rope bottom or rope bunny, depending on your uh, favorite uh, nomenclature. So uh, and then Wednesday we have a cool event. Actually, it's going to be on our um, that that virtual interactive platform I mentioned, Air Meets. Um, uh, we have this. We have a. We have this quartet of friends, new friends. Um, they call themselves the Swinky Life. It's like a, a merging of kink and swing because uh, they kind of dabble in both uh, arenas. And they're going to be talking about uh, the mythos of swinging and misunderstandings that might keep you away. And I think we're we're going to do it in that Airme platform because I think it might be a situation where they talk for the first like stretch, maybe the first act, but then I think they're going to go to their their booth area so everyone can just have a loose conversation with them whether it's about about what they talked about or you know uh you know any other stuff uh that comes up so uh it's going to more of kind of a hybrid interactive one so uh feel free to check that out that's me wednesday at nine and then friday we have our femdom friday monthly uh webinar and actually uh our very own uh founder miss nookie's gonna be taking the reins for that one and she's gonna be talking about how not to pick up a femdom on the interwebs. I'm sure. <laughs> sure. Yeah, Vera, this is gonna be like your um, your April Fool's Day of uh, King Privacy, like how to live foolishly online. I mean, I think she's gonna have a very long list of what not to do, and then hopefully uh, to she'll follow up with actually things to do. You know, so um, so I'm sure she has uh, all kinds of material saved up for that one. I'm sure. So yeah, that's I, I hope up. she I hope she includes not uh, lifting with your back, but with your legs. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, uh, you know, all, all the essentials will be uh, covered, I'm sure, in that uh, that hour and a half. So um, I'm not seeing uh, any other questions. Let me see what else I can. Oh, oh, I do want to invite everyone to find the group. 
We have a Discord now, by the way. Uh, so, and we certainly encourage anyone who, uh, you know, is looking for additional ways to, uh, you know, interact. We, you know, we're just starting up, so I think we just talked to somebody who's going to be our um, one of our admins there. But uh, you know, you know, kind of a place where you can have that kind of just, you know, dedicated like chat thread going. Uh, you know, I think it will complement our like uh, audio video chat place nicely because sometimes like you have uninterrupted time where you can do audio chat and sometimes it's like, you know, it's kind of like pinging messages back and forth and you know, you just check your notifications, follow up with the thread hours later, that sort of thing. So yeah, we have both covered and we're, we're looking for more ways to kind of yeah, have people where people in our sphere can interact with each other aside from just, you know, being on our dating sites, sending, you know, uh, messages and seeing you get replies and things like that. Yeah, so uh, that's also an option if anybody wants to sign up for that. It's absolutely free. So um, I think I'm going to hit stop on the recording. Let, you know, but uh, if anyone had, uh, if everyone could give uh, Veer one more uh, round of applause, we're really appreciative of him. He's been doing this with us with us for. He did a mini series back over the summer. I think it was like. Um, protecting your kink identity. And then he's been doing uh, this keeping secrets since I think November. So, you know, we're super appreciative that we had him over the past year. And um, yeah, here, thanks so much.